Welcome to What's Next, Cornet Global's podcast that puts members on the mic for thought-provoking, profession-shaping conversations and commentary. In this episode, the team from Court discusses workplace trends for enterprise companies. Welcome, everyone. My name is Bev Steele, and I'm the Director of Strategic Business Development with Court. And my name is Maggie McDermott. I'm a Strategic Account Manager based out of the D.C. area, but I'm managing accounts across the country. And I'm Shannon Miles. I'm the regional sales manager for Court for the Southern California and Phoenix markets. And for our listeners who don't know Court, we work with both CRE and enterprise clients supporting flexible workplace solutions. On that note, Shannon, when looking at the survey of our 1,000 clients, what did you find most fascinating when you reviewed the results? Well, one of the one of the questions that we asked our our clients um, was what was most important in their business, and the survey results showed workplace optimization and reducing costs, as well as operational flexibility, all came into the top. But the number one most important was hiring retention. This comes as no surprise as we have found working with many industries, hiring top talent is crucial to a company's growth and success. And having the flexibility in the workplace to move and adapt quickly in order to attract and retain employees is important to most industries today. So Beverly, what have you found to be most important when you're working with your clients? Well, I agree with you 100% on what you said because we keep hearing again and again from companies that they want to and need to invest in technology and talent. I mean, they just, they need to find new ways to have the ability to do this. Um, I actually was talking to Charlie Morris last night with uh, Aveson Young's new flexible office about the focus on employee talent. And he said, really, if the right recruit for the job is not in the same geography as your existing offices, you know, do you really, is it necessary to force that relocation? And what other things can you do um, to bypass for the ideal talent, to get that right person? So companies need to think about being nimble, not only for their real estate, but also for their employees. Right, and having that option in any city, really, for an employee to just go sit down and have a place to work is so crucial. And I think on the other hand, you know, when companies are paying for their own office space, We're kind of in this crossroads right now because technology is allowing people to work from home. So we have a lot of remote employees, but the reality is people still have offices. So it's even more important to get people to want to come in so that employees are showing up to that physical space. And so I think it was about a few weeks ago that I was listening in on this webinar and it was about free address seating and how tenants are kind of moving towards this concept to test it out. And it was a hot topic because really these tenants are using the workplace more intentionally than ever as a tool to attract and retain employees rather than just a place to sit they're really using this as a strategy for talent retention absolutely and we're seeing that in in our markets as well and speaking with a tenant recently they've made a, a change to an open work environment with no assigned seating where both the executives and the rest of the employees are working together and sitting together engaging and collaborating And this creates a multiple type of work environment where employees can choose each day or even each hour what fits best based on on their schedule for the day. So they could start their day off in the cafe, sitting at a table there, or in a quiet, more hoteling, private space if they've got a project team meeting. 
So throughout the day, there's movement within their workspace to accommodate their, their schedule. You know, and I've loved this migration towards activity-based workspace because this productivity here is key. If you're working on a project this week, that may require a completely different workspace than the project you're working on next week. So I think that the days of having one you know, desk that you're confined to forever and ever, those days are gone. People are having to experiment to offer a range of different workspaces to choose for what is most productive for what they're working on then and there. So companies are experimenting, but the problem with experimenting and buying and storing and getting rid of furniture is that that can be incredibly expensive. So right now I think we're seeing this time when companies are really trying to figure out how do we tackle experimenting but keep it cost effective. And that's really where we're seeing furniture as a service come into play because people are able to try different setups with minimal financial risk before they commit fully to something. Right, right. I mean, you say, Maggie, that productivity is key, and I will just echo that, that flexibility is key as well because teams are going to change, people are going to change, projects are going to change. I was talking about the results of our survey to Jordan Morona, who is with one of the CRE tech companies that we work with, BPSLs at Liquid Space, and he was talking about the fact that there is a war out there for talent. We keep hearing that, and the enterprise companies need to compete. So if everything is the same, the perks, the salary, the benefits, where can a company really make change? And really, it's to transform the work environments into a place where employees want to come to work, and a place that they'll be able to thrive and, as you said, maximize productivity. Definitely. Now, Bev, what other questions stood out to you when you were looking at these survey results? Well, I can tell you, I loved every question, and I can't wait to share all of the answers, but I liked um, the question and the answers on how would you best describe your workplace. And the reason I did is that I feel like we're all trying to get our arms around the changes in workspace and how it relates to our enterprise clients. So it was really not a surprise to me that 63% of our responses said that they have a mix of open workspace and private offices. This fact is mirrored in what we're hearing from our clients and also our co-working clients. They're, they're telling us that private offices are still the most desired for their clients. So that that mix is going to be very important as we move forward. Um, there was only 11% of clients that we surveyed that wanted just open workspaces and only 9% that wanted just closed workspaces. Yeah, and you know, when we, as we work with clients from many different industries, there is a, a certain desire or need for the combination of open and private workspace again in an effort to enhance that, that overall employee experience and to attract the younger talent. So I think what's important here is really to understand that each company has different drivers and motivations in how they have their workplace structured. Right, and I think it's interesting looking at the balance of private office versus open space because the same concept right now, people are debating within their real estate portfolio you know, what percentage needs to be commercial space that they traditionally lease, and how much should we have in flex offerings? 
And back to your point that it really varies by industry or by the company. For example, a tech company, they're probably using that solution so that they can get to market right away. If they need to scale up as quickly as possible or if they're unsure of which markets they want to be in, that really gives them the opportunity to act fast. Whereas with a larger enterprise client, it's a really great strategy for them for maybe mid-markets where they don't have their own space, but they need to seat people for working, or let's say they want access to higher quality amenities. Usually the most expensive places to operate are going to be conference space, but it's the least utilized. So just as an example of that, I think that a lot of these corporate clients are understanding the sharing economy is going to allow them to have access to much better amenities, but they're not having that burden of the cost to build it out or to manage it. So I think that we're seeing a really cool mix of just startups and traditional companies using the same concept, but for different reasons. Uh, I agree 100%, and I love that you referenced the tech companies and their need to scale quickly, um, because we're definitely seeing that moving very fast, um, but they also have the need to pivot quickly. They change their business concept on a dime, and not being tied to a huge real estate footprint can really allow this. Um, they also have challenges in expanding in really expensive geographic areas, and I've worked with several customers that are really testing other markets to support divisions that may not need to exist in their corporate headquarters. Um, and that's really where space as a service, furniture as a service can support those needs. Agreed, and FlexSpace is an offering that is on the rise with commercial real estate, now adding this to newer buildings and older buildings that have vacancies. So this is a great opportunity to introduce FlexSpace to a CRE's portfolio. And interesting enough, I've actually seen this being incorporated on the industrial and retail side. If they have empty malls where retailers have moved out, then they're changing it into FlexSpace. So we're seeing it you know, push We've out seen further that pop and up in all different parts of, of the cities. And I've had conversations, like I mentioned, I'm in the D.C. area, so I've talked to some property managers there, and they're saying a similar concept, that there's definitely still a time and a place for that longer traditional lease. We are still seeing some companies sign for 15 to 20 years, but we are also seeing a lot of tenants pushing for one to three years and for those flex flex space options. So I think that what we all need to do is just work as a team and feel it out to see what that end user needs and then go from there. Yeah, it's so true. It's, you know, it's just not one plan as far as the real estate goes. When I was talking to Jordan, as I mentioned before, from liquid space, you know, there's this kind of feeling like, oh my gosh, are all long-term leases going away? You know, are we just going to be going shorter. And he was saying that the demand for long-term traditional leases will remain. FlexSpace is really a complement to the entire portfolio strategy, and I really love that. Companies do not want or need a one-size-fits-all real estate plan. So, taking a little step back to our survey, Maggie, yeah. what, what really stood out to you? Well, Bev, I loved all of the questions, if I'm being honest, but... My favorite question was, we definitely wanted to dig in more into trends and changes to see what are these tenants experiencing and what matters to them. So we put our feelers out there, which trends would you rank top and what are you interested in? And the top trend that we saw was definitely employee health and wellness. So people did vote that they were interested in new space and design elements, but the overarching theme here was absolutely employee health and wellness. 
So people definitely prioritized amenities to improve overall employee experience and adding sit-to-stand options. So I think all of these things go towards this concept of employee health and wellness, and it was just very interesting that that was the most important thing. Oh, my gosh, and that is surprising. And I also love that health and wellness is so important to so many of our clients. And here at Coronet is leading by example with health and wellness. They have a step challenge. Did you know they had a step challenge oh, going wow. on? Very competitive. <laughs> yep, Good I'm to competing know. for the most steps during this conference. So do you mind if I stand up? I need a sit to stand, really. Can Where we get a sit to stand? stand? <laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe we can get one. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny. With trying out sit-to-stand desks or trying out new soft seating arrangements, facility managers are actually trying to get a work environment that helps their employees feel more productive. That really may change depending on the situation. So it's important that they're able to quickly change a setup if it's not working as well as they might have imagined. Yep, that reminds me of a recent client that I had that was charged with moving their employees from private offices into open workspace, and she was really nervous about how the reaction would be. Um, So we talked through setting some things up, getting the employee feedback, and sure enough, just as Shani, you were saying that, you know, they wanted more soft seating, they wanted collaboration, and they would not have known that or possibly purchased the furniture um, and then had to make changes. So that was a really great exercise to go through and she was thrilled with the outcome. Absolutely. I think all of these trends are kind of pushing towards this holistic work experience, right? So people nowadays, they don't just want a nine to five. They want to have purpose and they want to feel that sense of community in their job. And I think that really the result of that is the demands of the workspace are changing. It's really reflecting that same concept of wanting to feel like you're part of something bigger than yourself. But at the same time, you know, you still need that flexibility, and it's very nice to be able to try concepts out before going forward with them. Uh, But I've definitely noticed that more and more offices are taking that hospitality approach. They're saying, let's make this office feel like home so that these talented employees want to come here, and more importantly, that they want to stay here. Absolutely. People want to move in ready space that gives them a sense of community and that the employees do feel at home. Tenants are expecting a more full-service approach rather than having to lease a space and take care of all the vendors individually. So as space as a service becomes more prevalent, we'll certainly see furniture as a service become a more crucial part of that offering, as we are already seeing in our discussions today with our customers. Absolutely. And it just struck me a lot that in interviewing all of these people, I mean, that was over a thousand people, it's a lot of opinions, and... Mm -hmm. It proves time and time again, people are more concerned with the employee experience than anything else. And if anything, that gave me the warm and fuzzies that companies are really caring about their employees and putting them first. And it's just really showing now as things progress, the workplace isn't just a place where you sit. It's honestly a way to attract those employees and to give them a sense of belonging and passion in these jobs. Yeah. Now, Shannon, you are from the West Coast. Yes. You know, I'm I'm an East Coaster, so I'm curious to hear your take on your market and what you're seeing there. Well, it's interesting. You know, just recently in speaking to a property manager, she was saying that some of her existing tenants are looking to mimic the tech companies to have that more open, collaborative, relaxed work environment. The more traditional companies um, that she has in her buildings and that have been there for years want a newer look 
And they're doing that through changing paint color on the walls and carpets. But because the new employee is young and hip, the dress code has become much more casual, which drives the need for a more casual environment with lounge furniture, cushy sofas and chairs, and even bean bags in some cases. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah, it is an experience to walk through many of our clients' workspaces, especially in the, t the tech industry, and see, you know, really how they let their employees take the lead in the build-out. Some of them have contests and who can create the most creative, crazy work area or a work area that inspires. So, and that along with a lot of craft beer and kombucha <laughs> makes it a pretty fun place to work and also visit. <laughs> so I'm just going to take, you know, change the subject just a little bit um, on another, I think, impactful change that came out of these discussions that we've been having on the survey results and what are driving some of the, the answers that we're getting. I, I was talking to Charlie at Abison Young, as I mentioned before, and he was stating that the new lease accounting changes have shifted the lease obligations onto our balance sheets as capital leases instead of operating leases, which we're, we're hearing a lot of that in our world. Um, so it's good business since to reduce its liability and flexible options provide the perfect outlet. So we've seen this a lot. It continues to be a driver of change, and we're continuing to have those conversations. Are you finding that, Maggie? Yeah, I think we're seeing a lot of change. So first of all, let's backtrack. Somebody who owns a building needs to make money and a return on their investment, right? But we have all these tenants that want very short-term deals. So I think what we're seeing are more and more middleman companies where they come in and they'll sign that long-term lease, but they're managing their own one- to three-year leases within that space. So it really helps both the real estate operators and the end users that they're coming in and managing that in-between that's really crucial right now as more and more people want flex space. And within that, I think we're seeing a lot more management contracts as opposed to a traditional lease. So we may see models where they're profit sharing or some other setup that works for both parties um, rather than a traditional lease. So things are going to continue to change. I think we all know that. We need to just go with the flow so that we can support these customers the best way that we can. Yeah, you know, it's it's so eye-opening to see how many of these challenges uh, that we're talking about are being met with space as a service, furniture as a service, as a viable solution, and that we are hearing so much similar feedback from both our CRE clients and our enterprise clients. Yeah, and the consistency is amazing, and so I think that we need to con continue to have these partnerships and these discussions. I really wish that we had more time today. Thank you, Shannon. Thank you, Maggie. Great catching up with both of you. This concludes this episode of What's Next. Want to record a podcast of your own? Have an idea or point of view you'd like to share? Visit cornetglobal.org to learn more.